Welcome to episode number 138 of the Couch on Ice podcast. What is up, guys? We have some really interesting hockey to talk about, I should say. Things are really starting to differentiate between the standings. We're starting to realize who is for surely going to be in the Bedard hunt or the top five draft hunt and who is actually going to be in the playoff race. And it looks tight as hell um there is like 10 teams just in the west who can make it so lots of stuff to talk about today a lot of directions that i would like to discuss for teams but before we get into all that fun hockey news how's it going boys i'll throw it to you jordan what is up oh i'm i'm great buddy i got to watch argentina play yesterday with you ah yes how could i forget to croatia that was an absolute smacking by yeah, Messi and Ho. That, that took my day off to a great start. No kidding. I was so happy. And like today, like all day at work, it took me all day at work to realize, holy shit, they're like in the, they're in the final. Like this is actually it. Like this is it. One chance. Like start playing the Eminem music and like let's go. Come on. <laughs> One more game. One more game, Messi. But Chase, we already discussed where we went down. How is it going for you? What have you been up to? Just working or vibing? Uh, yeah, kind of. Uh, yesterday I had off, so I went Peace. to Saskatoon, got a bunch of food, and my yes. brother had a doctor's appointment and shit, so yeah, I'm not doing too much, but yeah, I'm playing some rack hockey every once in a while nice. when I got the time to, so decent. Been you got a. Got a nice old man's league up in Watson there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Playing with the crusty old boys like myself. Decent, decent. Maybe come strap on my skates and join you one evening. Yeah, we could definitely could. We've only lost one game. Well, we will lose two because I probably have the wobbliest ankles after not playing since before the pandemic. So, fun. Uh, <laughs> Anyways, boys, should we uh, dive into some actual hockey and not Chase's old man bearded league hockey? Um, oh, buddy, best league. <laughs> best league. Yes, best league. Well, let's actually get to the actual best league here, the NHL. And I want to start. I want to start about. I'm gonna start about the Penguins real quick, just because let's start about our teams. We haven't talked. We didn't really talk about them last podcast. I think we're a little overdue. Um, we're six wins in a row lately. We're eight, one, and one. We're fucking flying right now. I'm loving life. We're playing as good as Carolina, which seemed really shaky after our five game, our six game losing streak in the start of the season or whatever there. Uh, but we're really doing well. But the real news out of Pittsburgh, not even the games, more or less. Chris Letang is back. Um, what an Iron Man. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. He had a stroke 12 days before he played again. And that's just incredible. I can't, I can't believe that he's already back. I was, expect, I was fully expecting, like, a month to two months out. 
and, well, at last minimum. Time it wasn't exactly, and he's older. Like I never, you never know how he's gonna bounce back. But his doctor did tell him that there is zero risk from playing hockey with the stroke. So there's nothing he can do on the ice that will increase the risk of something bad happening based on the stroke he just had. So that is all the positive. Uh, they'll obviously keep it monitored and stuff, and hopefully they nothing else like that happens again because that's scary. But just loving it. Loving life right now in Pittsburgh. Um, everyone's kind of clicking. Geno's finally started to get a season going. Sidney Crosby is going to be the first player age over 35 to get 110 points and um because he's already on pace for that like if as long as he doesn't get hurt he will do that um he is on another level right now um as is your superstar there which we'll get into very shortly um 38 points this guy has yeah man he is fantastic and he's scoring um, more than he usually does, which is awesome because once he he starts scoring, then he starts dragging more people to him again, and then that opens Gensel up to score another fifty goals or something like that. Um, but yeah, yeah just, on pace for forty eight. Yeah, right now, so basically, basically fit. If he can get forty, man, that would be nuts at thirty five for a passer. Someone's just like randomly. Oh, I'm just gonna take this team. So. I couldn't be happier with our team. Um, for, well, I shouldn't say that. I could be happier. There's obviously still improvements that need to be made. I'm not just in Candyland faking it. Our defense still could use an improvement. Um, our middle six, we could use a winger. Although Jason Zucker has been a monster this year. Uh, like I know he can, and he's actually staying healthy. So, yeah, loving it. The goalies are playing fairly well right now, which is really good because you we all know on this podcast my concern with half the goaltending in Pittsburgh. So, anywho, that's all I got to say. Do you guys have anything you want to mention about the Penguins before Jordan takes over? Um, I guess I'd carry on with Zucker, man. Like, holy oh, yeah. shit. Uh, nice to see the pop the stride and it's you know he's the lead contract here been a long time been a long time coming uh nice to see obviously contract contract here so he has to has to pull something out if he wants to get paid anything next year sign him to a Um, one-year deal so he's forced to play this good again next year yeah (laughs) like no doubt that'll be a lot of people looking at him like that um the only other guy i want to bring up is brock mcginn he's looking a lot more like the Brock McGinn that I know. He's been kind of not as poor. I feel like he can always produce a little bit yeah, more points and be a that. little bit more impactful the last couple of years. Um, and it just it, it seems like it's kind of there a bit more this year. So yeah, hopefully he, he does have a up, lot cause... of responsibility in the defensive zone. Like his line is always like, mm-hmm. okay, if we're in a defensive zone draw, get out there, get the puck out. So like I I, yeah. I agree with you with the points but uh, he does have a specific defensive role which limits his mm-hmm. yeah it's just nice that both things are kind of oh, looking absolutely. like they're going well so um oh. instead of just kind of being stuck being that defensive guy playing fourth line all the right. time like there's some chance and opportunity and stuff like that he should be able to do something on the third line every now and then but 
For sure. I don't know. I like, I like how he's playing. I have um, one other name from Pittsburgh I just yeah. completely forgot that I want to bring up because he's had such a rough season and he's played really well the past couple of weeks. He actually got a hat trick a couple, like two, a week, week and a half ago or something like that. Kasperi Kapanen. This guy was out of the team, scratched, not in the lineup, really looking bleak to make this team. And when he was in, he was a fourth liner getting like eight minutes a night, which is not enough for a guy like that to make an impact. Um, but if he wasn't, he wasn't playing well, obviously. But really turned it around. He started to get his confidence back a little bit, started to play a lot more. Sullivan started to trust him a little bit again. Um, obviously, I still do believe he is going to move on from Pittsburgh by the off season, but it's just nice to see that he's not just going to get wasted away as a healthy scratch or put on waivers and lost for nothing. Cough, cough, Nashville, LA told him. But um, anyways, that's all I got to say about pens. Do you want to bring up your capitals, Jordan? Yeah. Um, before I get to the elephant in the room, which is Ovechkin, I want to start with uh, last week's first star of the week, Charlie Lindgren. He played four games in the week and won them all. He had a 9.49 save percentage and a 1.50 goals against average on those four-game stretch. So just fantastic stretch from Charlie Lindgren. He definitely... I had to bring him he definitely turned your season like he really won at the right time because this is the moment where it's like I said it's an open podcast the standings are starting to differentiate between he doesn't win those four games for you guys you guys are by Philly not New York which is a pretty yeah, big gap I absolutely agree it was a fantastic stretch from him so I had to bring that up before I brought up what what I am going to say now was Ovechkin hitting 800 goals. He scored a hat trick against Chicago last night, um, which was our fifth win in a row, which is awesome. And yes. Even better amazing. for Ovi, is he's now 94 goals away from catching the great one. So it's just inching closer. He's, yeah. he's so fucking good. And he doesn't yeah. really, never going to stop. Yeah, yeah. I was looking at the numbers and uh, like, say he finishes the year on the pace that he's on now, and then he only scores thirty goals for the rest of until his contract's over, which would be another three years. He'd get nine hundred and fifteen goals. I'm pretty sure, or nine hundred. I guess it would be more now because he got a hat trick last night. Right. Um. So nine hundred and twenty possibly. Uh. But. Yeah. So I, that's pretty crazy. I think he's and that's gonna only break. scoring thirty goals for yeah. the next three years, which probably seems like the most unlikely part. I was just about to say you know, that. Like, I believe like, he'll break it bef- with a year to spare. He'll break it sometime in his second last year of his contract. Yeah. Um, near yeah. the end, hopefully. But, no, I, I just have to off to Ovi, man. I gotta give your props to a guy. Third player ever to score that many goals in the National Hockey League. Um... Another cool little stat, he's only two goals, um, empty net goals behind Wayne Gretzky as well. Nice. I think it's 56 goals for Gretzky and 54 open net goals for Ovi. Well, that could be done this year. Um, 
with the amount of times people are pulling their goalie now, it's a very bold. It's a very big strategy now because it doesn't matter if you lose six five or seven five, you still lose the game. But uh, I also want to throw out where well you got the Capitals mentioned in there. The Washington Capitals came out and said they won't rebuild while Ovi's there. I know that's like not that surprising and we're like it's not great news but it's a good sign at least that shows you guys aren't going to blow it up if you guys completely shit the bed that seemed like more news of like a week ago though where you guys were struggling and it did look like it could be an uncomfortable season where you miss by maybe an extra 5-10 points based on your injuries but you rallied together really well your team and it's going to be an interesting... They're the team I'm, I'm eyeballing most at the trade deadline because they could go anyway. There's, there's a team in the West that I also think that I'll bring up in a bit too. But, yeah, it's really yeah, interesting. Yeah, the old... I was at the start of the season. I was trying to figure out who I wanted to put in the playoffs out of Florida and Washington. Maybe and with one of, of those random <laughs> East teams blowing up like the Devils, well, fuck, both those guys are fucked now. You oh. know, like... Like, I don't mean anything against the Capitals. It looks like they're on the path to make the playoffs. Like, they're really Playing doing well. what they always do and just make it seem like injuries don't matter and yeah. I'm going to win enough games anyways. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think they're just screwed simply because New Jersey just popped up. Yeah, no kidding. You know, like, there's there's not much you can do about it when if a team's going to be that much better than they were last year, like, yeah, like a brand... <laughs> what do you mean that much better? It's a new fucking team. Like, I don't recognize the Devils anymore. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, it's, this is the just... biggest change of a team I've seen in so long. Um, yeah. Frankly, like, because I genuinely thought last year's year they might do something. But then, like, they look like they got worse as a team almost on paper this offseason. Other than Palat coming in. Um free agency but like just the trades they made it was interesting decisions where i'm like very bold and wow yeah head and shoulders difference but yeah. chase why don't you bring up your red wings because they are playing very well as well um well this season i should say lately has been a little back and forth but. yeah exactly right yeah no it's uh been going good uh everybody's talking about heronic now i already think i already talked about heronic before and He's stuff dope, like man. yeah this guy's going to be a gem this year um, but uh, just the small pieces that are really saving our ass with all these injuries is a guy like Jonathan Bergeron I honestly have no idea what, what we would do without him the last like couple weeks here yeah. um, he's he, he's got the he just basically plays like I remember him playing in the world juniors and stuff like that like it's kind of like wow like you really did continue to find yourself and Progress. be that type of playmaker and stuff uh yeah, real smart player out there. Um, same with our random acquisition of Austin Sarnik. Like, how key was that, especially now, just the amount of uh, injuries again? It's yeah. just, thank you for being around and playing good when we throw you in because it's help, it's helping a lot just uh, some of these random. offshoot dudes yeah. that really didn't, shouldn't kind of played too too much and especially have the type of role that they have right now but exactly um 
Yeah, no, good, good stuff all around. Uh, I guess we're just gonna have the injury bug all year. I think Oli Matt is out now. Like, there's just. I think a lot of teams weeks, have it this year. It seems worse. We just seem to have somebody go down. Yeah, um, this season's not been yeah. good for injuries, man. Like this in last year. Yeah, absolutely ecstatic and proud of the boys for being a minus three goals differential. I don't even want to look at last year's, and I don't remember last year's, so that's fucking exactly what I'd like to, where I'd like to stay. Um, right. But, uh, yeah, no, uh, Huso being a straight-up just beast, man, that's so helpful. So, so, so helpful. Yeah. Um. Ned looks It's lost. obviously bringing up questions about how decent Nadelkovic is, uh, which that is what it is, I guess. Uh, we'll see if he can kind of rebound. He hasn't been great this no. year. so He hasn't been um, good in the Wings jersey yet, so that's a little concerning. Um, but the team hasn't been, like you said, the <laughs> grand scheme of his games. They haven't had a good team in front. But yeah, this season is yeah, more telling than last for sure. With Huso performing well and Ned not so well. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know. I guess uh, the old sophomore swap kind of hit an old cider. So uh, he just exploded yeah. last year. Like I even it, even it took me like a couple weeks to like look at him and be like, okay, yeah, he was like monster last year. He was so good, and like he's yeah. just playing. He's playing very good still. Like that pass on the power play he made the other night where. Uh, it was right to him th- through his legs or whatever behind him. Oh, yeah. If yeah, you, yeah, you miss yeah. that, that's a shorthanded breakaway. Like, you need to be really confident and very skilled to make sure you don't fluff that. Especially in NHL pass. They're not slow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, it's been, it's been fun. It's been fun, that's for sure. The old, the old wings, that's... That's really all you can ask for after what we've had for quite a few years. For sure. The, the, the change is here, and it's at least looks like it's going to stick around because like, that's why I'm bringing up Sarsnik and Berger, and like, we're just pulling up random guys, in a sense, that are ready to go and playing good and keeping us kind of in the conversation still. So, right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think the, my expectations were kind of somewhat perfect on this team at the start of the year for where they'd end up like it kind of proven out to look like they're just going to be on the outside looking in but close on the outside looking they in. will so be that's, very close that's oh, pretty sweet a lot closer interesting what the deadline happens because like we got so much cap room we could just be like yeah we just we're not going to be worse this year like that's that's how it is might as well like if we can get somebody cheap with a big cat like getting somebody basically for free like why why not right yeah exactly um, it'll be it'll be an interesting season like honestly um i don't know if you're are you done talking about the wings because i'm going to transition okay cool so i'm going to transition to the west um because the west scares the shit out of me if you're or it would if i were a fan of any team in the west like literally any team other than like vegas (laughs) i'm kind of sitting here like Oh, yeah. Crap! This isn't I'd like, like to talk, sound. I'd like to talk a little Nashville because that's yeah, fucking go for worrying it. me hard. Take over right now. Um, I I'll start off mentioning I kind of already brought it up by throwing some shade at them. Threw L.A. Tolvanen on waivers and he was claimed by Seattle. Um, 
interesting. Yeah, I heard somebody on Twitter said that fucking they were, like, they actually thought that he wasn't going to get claimed. That was kind of the idea. Wow. Wow. So that's that was super, naive. That's even worse. That's even shittier. Like, that's, like, that's quite naive. so hard. Um, like, he's one yeah, of their best like, prospects they, they still have, even the slump. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, yeah, no, that's heartbreaking, because I've always liked him. Yeah. Um, but just when you when the opportunities there, especially in Nashville, like I'll give you a good comparison to my wings. Like Zadina didn't really do shit in a sense the last couple of years. Um, that's I feel like Tolvin and, and like Tomasino and some of these guys are in that exact position where like there's not really much around you to make you better. Right. Like you have to be the one that all of a sudden just finds his shit and starts carrying lines. Right. And, like, it's just how do you progress into that player when you're not, like, a bona fide NHL or yet? Like, you're still trying to solidify yourself. Your feet. Yes. You're in the fucking ground here. Uh, so, I don't know. And they just go straight defense when it comes to making sure they. They're they're one hundred percent NHL caliber all the time on defense. Yes, but they are not one hundred percent NHL caliber. I don't know if they've or, ever been. I don't 100% know. Percent other yeah, than the like finals. They just, <laughs> they just never ever have pushed to have that. They want a hardworking four line yeah. machine. Is kind of how they go. And uh, well, let's be serious. If that's what it is, like, well, why would Ellie Tolvanen fit and work yeah. in that? That's true. It's not a talent. Like that's just not his game. I think uh, Tom, I think you know, people another, were another guy that's that's not really his game. So it's because they look at Philip Forsberg. They look at Philip Forsberg and they say that type of player works. See, see, he's right there. But Philip Forsberg is an anomaly who can create for himself. Um, mm-hmm. th- like that's something they don't realize. I think they just see the surface level talent. And they're like, well, we have. Forsberg. Why can't he just do what Forsberg does? It's like, well, because, like you're saying, some players need more surrounding than being by themselves. Like, I think of Forsberg and Kaprizov and players and Panarin. Like, these type of players are one-on-one. That's when they excel. They don't need a team around to excel. I, I think you're on the right lines of Tolvanen. He needs a playmaking center to set him up. He's more of a line He's more of a right. Yeah, yeah, no, good, great compliment piece, probably more yeah. than he is uh, um, trying to really create all the offense in a sense. Because like you have to create all the offense on, in Nashville. Like there's no, it's no there's one, no guys doing it other than like Michael Granlund or something like that. And he's only doing it when he's feeling good, basically. Yeah, like no kidding. He's more of a defensive guy, so he's got a lot more on his mind. Um, uh, Niederreiter having that two-way sort of thing, like it works super good, fits right in. I think he leads the team in goals. Yeah. You know, Forsberg doesn't even have more goals than him. So, um, yeah, it's it's a tough situation there, but uh, they've they've in the past have always gotten better as the years year went on. I don't feel that at all this year. Um, I remember looking into this team near the end of the year trying to figure out how their schedule was looking to 
maybe see if there's a reason they could make it. And they had a pretty good, pretty tough schedule, or I don't even remember. But either way, there was confidence to get through that, and that's not not happening this year. No, I mean, like at all. I, like, I don't, I don't see them pushing through this. Like guys are gonna have to be consistent. Like I have Duchesne on my fucking fantasy team. How annoying is that shit? Like three games, absolutely no points. Minus two, minus three. Next three games, multi points every game, <laughs> or like at least a point a game. And it's like, well, what's like, what's going on? If that's what's if that's how your teams play, and then yeah, you just don't. You're, this is like the Winnipeg Jets of last year. You don't know who's showing up and who's gonna like. Everybody's just off timing or something like that. Right. Uh, they're they're still in the hunt though. They're not terribly far away. They're no. a couple game, couple big wins away from just being right in the conversation on the sure. actual playoffs again. So um, it's a real, real weird situation um, in Nashville to me right now because like a minus fifteen differential, like yeah. that's that's, that's wow. what's hard to gain gain up. Like a couple wins, like you better win both those games six <laughs> yeah absolutely like they're definitely in a tough spot um but speaking of teams in a tough spot i want to go to a team who's right below them in the standings at st louis blues um what in the fuck are they gonna do this year um like what's the play because everyone's talking like oh this is exactly what happened when they won the cup they could just come right back i'm like yeah sure Let's bank on that when Dallas are playing better hockey than they've played in years. Winnipeg are playing like an actual team. We seem to forget that Colorado won the fucking cup last year and have Kale McCarr on their team. Um, Vegas is back. Edmonton have McDavid. Like, there are so many teams. And then, not to count Minnesota, Nashville, LA, Seattle, Calgary, who are all in the hunt, similar points, actually eight points ahead of you, frankly, most of them. So, what do you do if you're St. Louis? You have a goalie that is being an ass on the ice and trying to pick fights when he shouldn't um, and not playing goal. We have a defense that just doesn't look like they can do anything. Like, they've let in 108 goals. And I don't think that's all on Bennington and the goaltending. Like, this defense does not really support the second bounce, this third shot. Like, or sorry, the first and the second shot rebounds. Like, what direction do you yeah. What direction? Do you blow up this year and just say, we'll be bad for a year? Like, do you sell everything um, that has a one-year contract on it and I'll give move you, on? I'll give you a piece of my... GM mind going straight to Chell, going straight to Chell, the video game boys. Like, this is what I do in these situations. I trade Tarasenko for somebody that I can keep later on. Don't care if it's a lesser player, but a piece of a good piece, a solid player. Um, maybe get a draft pick or so. Um, I think Nico Mikola might be another guy I might. Him or Scandella kind of pick between those two guys. From what I've noticed and what I've done, uh, fucking cat friendly shit with them. Nico Mikola just doesn't fit, or Scandella has to be out, kind of like. Um, but that depends on how much Mikola wants uh, this upcoming year. But yeah, just do something, do something simple. 
keep your O'Reilly. Um, you trade your Sanko, your highest sort of guy, get a couple extra picks this year or something like that, or even what about the year or two. Get a, I'd be signing Barbashev. Um, and then, yeah, kind of roll it out. Kind of roll it out. Tinker with some things. Fold the page. Uh, see what you can do in free agency if you even got any money in free agency, honestly. Yeah. Uh, past that, you're, you made the choice of Benner over Hikuso, so. Yeah. You're going to have to eat that. You're, you're going to have to eat that. Yeah, for exactly. at least At least a couple more years. Um, yeah, it's not a, not a good situation, but that's just that's what you do you have a little bit of an off year you you just go to kind of do a mini reset i don't understand why it always has to be a big blow up with some people um a lot of people like talking about doing a lot changing this defense to be completely different which it's like like if there's a trade out there that maybe kind of mixes well with you like we're talking another great player like falk krug Perego, letty that are coming back you know like you're not going to just trade a guy and take on some lesser dude like i'm talking with sanko or something like that like that's not really an option there you just only make your defense most likely not as good so um yeah it's just it sucks but like i don't know i don't mind these types of years especially when i'm playing the video game because then i get to draft more players or do this or do that maybe take a stab at somebody in free agency or look for a big trade in the off season. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's just how I look at it. There's lots of great pieces here. So there's no point of doing more than like one, maybe two guys traded sort of thing. And, um, try to get back somebody that you can keep around. Right. Like, yeah, no, I get that. I, yeah, I don't know what to do with this team. Honestly, like part of me is like, wait, like you, wait and see but at the same time like if you wait and see you could be stuck with very long term contracts on guys that aren't gonna gel well with even a small small rebuild I think they need to make a big trade just one not like blow up the team but I think they need to make a notable trade that isn't Sanko at the deadline we expect something like that or even o'reilly like i'm talking to someone who already has term and isn't working um if you're yeah, able to yeah like 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 maybe if, a cap maybe, sort of hit like uh like your shen krug yes bulk banner yes. like if you can actually pull something off there where you can still fill that hole back up pretty well exactly like, they're just it's they're just long-term term deals that or branded well, sod like exactly that is an avenue you could go it's just that when i look at maybe some of those names you kind of wonder if there's any interest for that type of contract and then That's... what are they saying back to you about like 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 you said it almost have to be a big trade so you trade like i'll give you two guys one guy that's banco or something and right. one guy that's like more of a and... half-ass cap dump for me in the future right right so yeah and i'm, I'm not opposed to something like that like a big shake-up where you can bring in maybe a better more reliable defenseman would be cool um or just someone who's got the energy to run a line like not necessarily like the skill but just the 
you know what I mean, right? The spark that can drive a line. Like, it, that's what they're missing. They're missing seemingly, like, someone who can... They're missing a David Perron type, honestly. They, yeah, on offense, well, we can see that. Their, they are missing their... I guess you could... I don't know. Scandell is a pretty decent, like... For what he does, he's yep. a very safe, good D-man. Like, him and not being around is... Not it kind of screws probably with the chemistry of that defense. A little bit, and just for sure. The playing time in general, like Nick Letty's not the best PKer, but I'm sure he's playing maybe some PK. And if it's not him, then it's Mikola. Right. How good is Mikola or like Krug? You know, so like it balances their defense a little bit more, but it's not gonna be like Joe stopping. You know, like yeah, oh, finally exactly. Scandell is back. Like we'll exactly. be probably be better with that with him back, but like. Like I said, they're at 108 goals against. Like, fuck me. Zona and Chicago are at 99 and 101. Yeah. So, like, that's not a, that's not good. But No, not at all. Yeah, they got to find a way to get a couple more players. Um, yeah, like, turn Sanko into two guys. I don't even know if he could do that because you have those big contracts coming up in Thomas and Kyrou next year where you, like I said, maybe you just trade one one guy to get a guy that's worth two, three, maybe four mil, and you can actually keep him around or something like that. Right. Yeah, it doesn't really get much better until the players start getting better, honestly. Like, no, they need absolutely. a Jake Neighbors to be awesome next year or something like that, and they need Thomas and Kairou to be pretty fire. Exactly. Um, that's why I think a shake-up, like just a big one-off, like one-for-one one swap type of deal, like a good hockey trade. They're always good. Always good to shake up a team. Um, Jordan, is there any other, any Western teams you'd like to bring up? I could talk a little bit about Edmonton. Yeah, absolutely. Um, specifically, I want to bring up their, their game last night. They played uh, the aforementioned uh, Nashville Predators, and they absolutely wiped the floor with them. And these are the performances from Leon Dreisaitl and Matt mcdavid that we talk about um together the two of them combined for eight points through two periods that night and on top of that dry had a five point performance yeah so you you talk about other teams in, in that uh in the west you we still have to deal with this team on top of all of the other good teams that are there i I don't think you can count Edmonton out yet. Oh, God, no. When they have McDavid and Dreisaitl, they can't. And, well, I want to bring up, since you brought them up, I want to bring up that interview really quick with Elliot Friedman that Dreisaitl had, where he mentioned that him and McDavid were at, like, a cabin together or whatever. They were out in the summer. They were together eating stuff or whatever. And they were chatting about the next season and how to be better. And Dreisaitl said to him, you need to shoot more. Like, you can score so many goals in this league if you stop trying to prioritize the assist and just shot the puck more. And so he basically said what everyone says. And McDavid and his humbleness still goes, oh, I know, I know, I can score 50. I know. Because <laughs> um, Drysdale mentioned, you could get over 50 or 60. You could score 60, he said. You need to score 60 now. I think after Matthews and all McDavid said, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> so he's really showing it this year. Um, 
that he is shooting more. He's scoring so much. Like, I have to say thank you, Connor, for all the free coffees I've got from the Tim's app because I just pick him all the time and he always scores. And if you get a, a streak of seven days, you get a free coffee for a week. Um, nice. So I just pick him every time he's available, and he always scores. So I always get my seven-day streaks because of you. Um, and, yeah, you're keeping this Oilers team afloat. But do we want to – you want to keep like non at the carcass that is that defense <laughs> like sorry is what do we want to keep like rip, ripping on that defense or should we find a new topic I right mean, into it's that there's something there that needs to change i think tyson barry as we've beaten on for a long time is really uh he eats hit. a lot of time and minutes that other people need to get and not only that he's just not up to par for that caliber of defenseman Uh so realistically if if Edmonton is to shake anything up in that decor it's got to be a move that moves Tyson Berry at this point just for that cap honestly it's just the most realistic that cap and just you you can deal with Darnell Nerd making nine million dollars that's not great he's not a nine million dollar player at least right now <laughs> at but, least that's what jordan not. greenway thinks <laughs> he's, not wrong. he's not fucking wrong but you can cover for the fact that darnell nurse makes nine million dollars you can put a good enough decor around him that's like okay He's solid, but the rest of our decor is pretty good too. So we're good. Yeah, yeah. Like, That's how I, I. I'm agreeing with you, Jordan. Because like my biggest issue right now is their second line on defense. Um, is Tyson Berry and Brett Kulak. Now, I love Brett Kulak, but even Brett Kulak knows he shouldn't be playing the second or third most minutes on an NHL team that's competing for a Stanley Cup. Um, he should be playing the fifth, fourth, at most, most minutes type of deal if he got some really good upper echelon demon, which Edmonton don't. Um, Evan Bouchard's still young. Like, that's something, like, he's playing really well and really going offensively, but he's still young. He's going to take a minute before he really settles in this league and is a calm, confident number one. They got Cody Cece playing on the top pair right now, and he's their most reliable defenseman. Um, it's just a little sketch. Like we've said for fucking five years, um, this is the story that will never end. Edmonton's defense needs a number one, and or at least two guys who can compare into a number one based on the amount of playing time they have. And Darnell Nurse is that one half. I just don't know. I don't think they're going to go after a D-man. Oh, I don't think they'll pay off. Yeah, like, that's the thing. Like, you're almost, like, forced to either go after Jacob Chikrin or just buy a cheap dude every fucking deadline. Yeah. I do have an option for the Oilers later. A little hint for my mock trade. I do have a outside-the-box trade uh, part or not partner, but outside the box player 
for the Oilers. But yeah, it's definitely very bleak for an actual top four defenseman who's available right now under an, a reasonable contract. And funny enough, saying all that, it's literally literally Jacob Chicken. Um, but yeah, it's going to be tough. Tough for the Oilers. Yeah, like the toughest part about it is that like, like I said, like you either go after a four, five, six, whatever good million dollar D-man, but then you're giving up somebody in your forward group. And like, that's... Which like, is pull fuck you, almost, you just don't have depth on forward. Like, you can't... <laughs> like, it's not really an option in a sense. Like, yeah. you don't want to trade full RV just to get well, another D-man. Because, if... like, how much better is that actually going to make you as a team? You're just going to have to hope somebody just steps up and plays really good what if what if you made the trade for a D-man now? You trade those piece you don't really want to. You suck it up till the deadline, and then you take, see who's available for cheap depth options for third round picks, fourth round picks, yeah. uh, prospects who are twenty two and need a shake up, like just stuff like that. Like that's definitely an option that goes a risky option because if you don't get the right depth pieces, then that D-man wasn't really worth it. Uh. Yeah, you know, it's going to be tough. Nothing matters. They got Skinner playing, and He's I am so good. getting mad fantasy points off of playing him, so that's <laughs> all that matters. <laughs> no, fair enough. I would like to see Jack Campbell get back in order. He's not been horrible late. He's just been not great. Not good enough for his contract, obviously. So, anyways... I think it's time uh, for us. We're going to move in some news, but we're going to take a little break real quick, and we'll be right back. All right, everyone, we're back from our little break there. We're just going to jump straight into some hockey news and around the rumor mill, what we've heard. Uh, I'm going to start off just around some league news. Let's start with the cap. We'll increase to only $1 million bucks next year because Gary Bettman's a cheapo. Um Whoa, it's a lot deeper than it that. It is a lot deeper than that, but... If, 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 like, hey, I don't know, I have a good feeling somebody, like, big time, like, you know, like, Boston, or maybe even Toronto wins a round or two or something like that. Like, all we need is one of those few things big to happen. Markets. Actually go on deep runs, because people spend money out the wazoo. Um, True. I think there's a chance it does go up four mil. Like, if they... Obviously, it's it doesn't sound like it will for sure. No. But like they don't know themselves, right? Like they have to, if they make a basically a certain amount of money, uh, and it would help if like one of these original six teams went deep or something like that. Um, then then it will then it can go up. Like they'll actually pay off the escrow this year. Like that's the big issue. Is right. That, like. They're trying to pay. If they pay off his escrow this year and make a shitload of money, then they can put the cap up next year. But yeah. if it, if they don't quite get there, then it can really. I believe in the contracts. It can really only go up like one mil, stuff right. like that. So that'd be disappointing. Uh, for it would sure, be very disappointing. Um, that's tough break on like every team because when I've been doing, when I've been looking at teams, man, fuck, they need that four mil like real bad. It. A lot of these teams, like basically half of them at least. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think the, the league needs it. Needs it. It's getting to... Players are making so much money, and there's not enough to even roster teams half the time. Like, most teams are playing short, and I know that's a choice. But, come on. Like, look at all the other sports. 
Like, I'm not saying we should be paying them the same amount and, like, crazy. I get the eyes aren't the same, but, like, man, it's been hindered for money. Money's been screwed in this league for a long time with Gary Bettman being a part of it. So, anyways, let's move on to somewhat of good news, I'll say. Uh, The 2018 Team Canada investigation is nearing completion, so hopefully we should hear about that. But they, Gary Bettman also just dropped the bomb that they may not release anything um, and threw it at the London police saying, well, they may not want to release anything, so we're not going to... Which could be factual. I'll give him the benefit out there. But at the same time, I even bet if they greenlight it, he won't say anything because he'll sweep it under the rug like this league does all the time. Oh, you're freezing up. Um, I was... Sorry, I Chase just froze up a little bit there. I was just saying that the Canada investigation is in the home stretch, but we probably, right. won't, we probably won't hear anything because Gary Bettman slid in during the interview. Well, I don't know if we're going to be able to say anything about it. So hopefully that's not the case because we need to start knowing this stuff so we can prevent this stuff. Um, just yeah, just transparency. Exactly. Um, Moving on to some buying news with the Senators. A fair bit of interest, apparently. A dozen people is the rumor out there interested. Don't know who they are. Don't know how accurate that is. We'll wait and see until there's an official offer on the table. I'm interested in a Lamborghini, but I'm not going to put a fucking offer on one. Um, I also want to bring up here the... uh, Rebattling of 2011 Stanley Cup final, at least between media. Uh, Chara coming out on a podcast saying that he saw and then he heard and then he heard from someone else and then there was a rumor that the Vancouver Canucks celebrated how they were going to lift the cup in 2011 at the Boston um, the morning before game seven or whatever. And so they, that was obviously a huge story like a week or two ago. Everyone was flipping out like that. Then who else, but who else do we know that is a main media guy who played on that team in 2011 and is very outspoken and is on national TV? Uh, Kevin Bieksa. So he comes out and instantly smacks it down saying, yeah, not a chance. That is the biggest insult to our leadership group because you're looking at three Hall of Famers who were the leaders of the team, um, a veteran core of him, Self, Ham Hewis, um, Burroughs, all those guys who never would have allowed any players to do that before winning the Cup, and basically mentioned how in that interview, if you watch the whole thing, Chara did backtrack four times as I did to start. Um, where he's like, well, we saw them do this. It's like, really, you saw them? Well, we heard. Someone told us. It's like, oh, okay. It's like, well, the fans were talking about that they saw it. It's like, okay. Um, it's like, well, that was the story the media made. It's like, okay, well, now this is just blow- getting way blown out of proportion. You guys didn't see anything. Um, but just kind of a funny little media spit between Boston and Vancouver, watching Vancouver fans freak out is always kind of funny because they overreact to everything. Um, yeah, 
Let's move on to Mitch Marner real quick. He's on a 23-game point streak now. Still continuing it. The Leafs are hot as shit right now. Third best team in the NHL, I think. Uh, maybe fourth um, in the league. Just after their slow first two weeks, they really turned on the Jets and the pressure really <laughs> skyrocketed them into actually scoring and playing really good hockey. The goaltending is, like we mentioned last podcast, been really good. So it's good things and Marner being an absolute superstar. Um, and then, yeah, finally, I just have some trade news. Just rumor mill out there, see what goes on. Montreal have updated their list of players who they might move. So now Joel Edmondson's on that list, Josh Anderson, and they are now open to moving Monaghan. Um, I know I mentioned a week ago that they were, at first, very happy with how he's playing and they might want to keep him, they like how he plays, but it's probably if the right offer comes, they'll obviously move him, and, or any good offer, because they've traded him and got a pick for him. But yeah, so just a couple more Montreal Canadiens that could be traded. The Oilers are interested in a whole heap of players. Two wingers, uh, Zach McEwen and Max Domi. And then three defensemen, Jacob Chikrin, Eric Carlson, and John Klingberg. The Eric Carlson is very unlikely as it's damn near impossible to get the cap to even work, um, let alone facilitate a trade that they both deem even. So uh, very, very, very unlikely that Eric Carlson will go to any team unless they have tons of cap space um, or can give up tons of cap space. And, yeah, just some interesting players to throw in there. Zach McEwen, uh, interesting depth piece that they'd want to get. Uh, nice size, obviously. Grid power forward, gritty. Definitely could use that in that lineup with Zach Cassian being traded last year. Um but Max Domi, what do you? What would you guys think of a Max Domi? Because that one seems very possible to happen. Uh, Domi and Edmonton. I'll start with you, Jordan. Yeah, I definitely like that. Um, I think a Domi trade in general is looking really likely. I think a lot of teams probably have him on their list. Yes, and Athanasiu as well. On like the player he is. Um, but if Edmonton could capitalize on that, I think that'd be fantastic. That would really deepen their, their already fairly solid forward crew. Yeah, it definitely wouldn't be a bad shout to like get some more scoring help in that middle six. But Chase, what do you think on Domi to Edmonton? I think pretty decent. Um, definitely help fill their fill the team out a little bit more. Um yeah, it'd be interesting to see how he plays even with the top two guys because um, he can play basically any spot you want him to. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I actually do like that. Um, let's see, he's sitting at a pretty cheap cap. Hit. Yeah, it's like two and a half or three million or something. Yeah. So uh, they can easily retain it to like one and a half, which is would be super massive for Edmonton. I wonder Swap if that would be interesting. They would go because, fuck, he's got twenty points on that team. I'm sure he could easily get a point per game on Edmonton. Hey, like, uh, yeah. yeah, he might cost a lot this year. He got he might. cost for like piss all last year. Um, Carolina scooped him up for really not like that fourth much. or fifth round pick or something. Yeah, it was something real cheap. 
I got seemed it seemed like it, but yeah, no, um, yeah, interested to see where he goes. A lot of spots I like uh, him to end up for just being a lot of extra guy, that utility guy, for sure. Yeah, no doubt. For sure. Um, next up, we got Philadelphia. Uh, they're looking at cap options because they put themselves in a knot. Good job, Chuck Fletcher. Uh, they may buy out Kevin Hayes. Now, I will say, take this with a grain of salt. They are rumored to consider it, but lots of teams consider lots of decisions. Um, the reasoning behind it, they feel they could not move Kevin Hayes even at 50% retained, or only at 50% retained, and they aren't willing to do that. And... It would be, I think I read, it's like a $1 million, $1.4 million for one year, and then it's like $4 million bucks for five or six years or something, instead of the seven and a half for, I think it's four more or five more years or something like that. Um, I just wanted to bring it up with you guys. Uh, Chase, you're more the buyout guy on this podcast. What are your thoughts if Philly were to do this? Uh, wow, that sounds fucking so dumb. I agree. Uh, to bring that up, especially right now, is also really bl- blowing my mind. That's why I take it with a grain of salt. Rumors from like the inside of the organization, like it doesn't. I don't put anything past the Flyers anymore, and like no. it's hard to be surprised of what they're they'll say and they'll do. But uh, yeah, no, that's just an abomination. The guy's fucking carrying your team right now. I don't care if it's fucking a bad team, like uh, carrying your team, like. Why, why is anybody talking about him like this right now? That's that's wild. And, like, if you think you're dead... If you think the only way to make your team better is to get rid of Kevin Hayes, then you don't fucking know nothing about hockey then. Yes. Whatever, man. No, you know, I like agree. That's why it doesn't, it doesn't sound like, believable. When I, think of te- when I think of contracts that are, like, immovable... Kevin Hayes is usually not the first one that comes to my mind. He's usually like, like the twentieth to thirtieth at worst. Like yeah, exactly. He, he is a he is a con- he's overpaid. <laughs> he's just overpaid. Like that's it. Yeah. He's not like astronomically like. Like I yeah, think like a Jeff a, Skinner it's, it's before an extra, him. Like what is it? Like an extra mil, maybe two. Like what I'd say two. Do, I'd know? say probably two. Like, just because the cap didn't go up recently. <laughs> Like, yeah, hey, yeah, like no doubt, no doubt. Like, that's like not he an signed it amount. to a year you're or two also, when we thought the cap was gonna go up. So yeah, and you're also fucking like I've said with this team. Like this team has been very up and down. Um, I love how they're playing with Tortorella right now. I do want to say that I I know we haven't given Philly too much love on this podcast. I mean, why would I, being a Pens fan? Um, but I love how Tortorella's actually kind of whipping some of these kids into shape. And like to work hard out there they actually look like a real hockey team this year uh compared to last year last year they just looked like a an excuse of a hockey team so it's really nice to see that they deserve to be in the nhl this year um more consistently too moving on to my final rumor um actually i'm not even gonna bring it up because i have a mock trade with him and they'll kind of give it away so I'll mention it in the mock trade, but Jordan. Okay, just to go over this Kevin Hayes buyout. All right, let's go over the buyout really quick. So the cap hit is 2.2 the first year, 4.7 
the next two years, and then 1.6 for three years. So, like, there is some decent savings Leeway. comparing it to seven, which that's all cap hit. Um, so that's, a, that's not too bad. 2.2 and then 4.7 for a couple of years, and you got to yeah. deal with 1.6 for three. But, like, we're talking a six year period of time. Like, it's, it's, it's a, a long time. It's a, it's a very, very, very long time. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just, I've never understood putting yourself in that type of situation. Like, the James Dio one kind of made sense because it at least lines up with Dreisaitl's contract and the fact that that should just guarantee them to be able to keep him because they're right. living without that money already. Right. And they plan to continue to live without that money. Uh, so, yeah, especially, like, where they're at. Like, why... <laughs> What a strange thing to do. Like, it your team's terrible, and you're trying to readjust and figure something else out, and you'll just, just fucking have a big contract on your fucking Yeah, that is not movable. Years. That is literally not movable, whereas at least Kevin Hayes yeah, could, could score like, 25 goals in, like, a span of four months and be traded for a third-round pick. Yeah. Like... Yeah, like, I know it seems weird, but, like, yeah, you can definitely tough it up for a couple of years, and then, like, you said, like, you might be able to get a biter on the last two years, man. Like, there's other rebuilding teams that just need somebody to play center. Like, little <laughs> things like last year or two years ago, like, we could have used Kevin Hazel with two years left. Chicago, retained Chicago retained. would like, love Kevin Hayes to get to the cap floor for next year. Like, how yeah, much... like, no like, doubt, that could happen, right? Why not? Like, there's so many. Like, he just won't win. Like, that's the only issue, is he, if he gets traded. Yeah, just like um, Shane goes to Spear, and he's gonna, he's gonna play on the Chicago Blackhawks next year, because right. he can only power play the worst team in the league. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seems right. Seems right. But, anyways, let's dive into our mock trades real quick. I'll throw it to you, Jordan. You've got one, two... How many do you got? Yeah, I've got one. One for us? Perfect. I'll let you kick it off. Yeah, it's a Vancouver-Chicago trade, which is quite funny because you just talked about Chicago trying to get to the cap floor. This is part of that. Oh, um, oh yeah. Tyler Myers is heading to Chicago at mm-hmm. 50% retained, plus a 2024 first-round pick that is technically Toronto's that Vancouver owns, okay. uh, in exchange for Jared Tenorti. Holy fuck. So Tyler Myers, 50% retained at 2024 first for Jared Tenorti. Oof. How long is this trying to get rid of that? I w- you definitely don't need to retain Myers if you're given a first up. I would never Damn. retain. Because the year's almost done. Well, I think it's still... It's only yeah, one more year. It's one more year after starting next year. Like, we're in the midst of his second last year's contract. So, like, you definitely don't need to retain because that would fuck over Vancouver too much. You'd still have to retain probably a wee bit, but, yeah, maybe not. For Chicago? Yeah, I wonder, hey. For Chicago? Why would you need to retain for Chicago? Um, well, they don't want to actually pay the guy. That much money <laughs> for, for one for one year, though? one half year, yeah. I guess. 
Yeah. I don't know. I'm fine with that. If if I'm here, it's just like the standard of like how much this has been costing in the past. Like fucking shedding a certain amount of money is like a second round pick. I can't remember what the numbers were. Yeah. I think about like five mil was like basically at least the second, quite close to the first. Like. Well, then six thinking, million should be worth the first. Okay. Anywhere close to five mil, you're fucking giving up a first, from what I understand. Well, it's six mil for a first. Then that sounds good. Just to yeah. take on Myers? Oh, that's pretty decent. Yeah, I'd do that. I'd do that for no retention. I think there shouldn't be, because if I'm Vancouver, I'd rather sit on Myers than retain Myers. I'd rather have zero trace of that player in my system. Or keep him for a year and then just let him go. No, I agree. Um, but that's just for me. My tunes changed slightly on Myers as well. I was so hard on him for a long time because he deserved it for his six-year contract at six million. Um, but like, now that we're nearing the end and we're seeing some of these people get eight million dollars who aren't that that outstanding defenseman, I'm kind of okay with six million bucks. It's like, eh, it's not even the worst contract on their defense. <laughs> like, OEL is looking pretty <laughs> rough compared to. Tyler Myers today compared to three years ago. Um, so yeah, it's just I I would six million for a twenty twenty four first on a team that is questionable at best if they're going to be good next year. Like Vancouver's not guaranteed to be good. That that's a good pick. That's that a gamble. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think the retain's fine. Yeah, no, I definitely think Vancouver would agree. So. Honestly, though, like, on the flip side, like, with I would want, if I'm Vancouver, I'm like, just give me someone who's a real defenseman. Not, like, old-ass Jared Tenorti. Um, oh, he's only 30. Oh, never mind. Beauty. I thought Jared Ger- That's my, no, oh, that's, I will, I will apologize. I thought Jared Tenorti was 36 years old. With, I genuinely I thought he was. I don't think he's played on that team yet. He's no. played on, like, almost every team. So, gotta keep him going. Yeah, you're right. He hasn't played on this team yet. He's played on Montreal, Arizona, Nashville, Boston, New York, Chicago. Yeah, yeah. So, um, that is my bad. I genuinely did think Tenorti was 35 years old. I was like, can you get someone who's at least going to, like, skate for another year? Like, could you get someone, like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. It's probably Jared Tenorti. Fuck. Caleb Jones? <laughs> Oh, boys, while we're talking about Vancouver's, like, I've been thinking about uh, Seth Jones going to this team. The old OEL for Seth Jones. Yeah, man. You like yeah. that? That's, that's, I'm really leaning towards them. They should do that. I actually I, did like, that trade for us a few months ago. I wonder if I saved it. Yeah, hey, no. I've Let's been just thinking about it. that quite a bit. And also, Damn, like, I didn't save it. like, we brought up last pod with, like, Dumba coming in and replace of, like, Corvette yeah, or Bess or something, like, I really think that's, like, let's straight up just make trades to get, like, a couple defensemen you like is what you should, yeah, should do right man, now. Man, if you're going to overpay a wait out that wait, wait out that Myers contract, because if anything, that yeah. just helps you sign all your Patterson players and keep the team, right? So yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that's the most likely team who should put all their chips in for Seth Jones. They can risk it the most because they need that right-handed D-man. It doesn't... Like, Luke Shen's their best right-handed D-man. 
I read a report this morning that they're talking about how desperately they need to bring back Luke Shen next year or else their defense is going to be completely fucked. Like, <laughs> that's how desperate that right side is right now. They need Luke Shen. So Seth, so Seth Jones would be fantastic for seven years, locked down for a decent defenseman. They'd be happy at that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Chase, do you have any mock trades? I didn't ask you to have any, but do you have any in the bank? so many trades I so think many? I don't know if I got anything I wanna alright well out. if you wanna uh, browse and see if you can find one if you don't find one that's alright I'll go through my three trades real quick and um, see how they go the first one is actually from 32 thoughts because it was just an interesting one for one that I heard and I'm like huh you know what I wonder and it involves one of our favorite teams, so I'm intrigued to see what one we think. Uh, Brock Besser in exchange for Anthony Mantha. I'd do that. That would be nice. I would do that if I was the Capitals. I, I actually kind of like it for both. Besser's going to go. I like it for uh, Vancouver at the moment, but... I don't mind it because it adds some size that they don't have. Mm-hmm. Vancouver have no size up front. Other, like, JT Miller is pretty much their size, which is not a good, like, at least in their top six. It's either yeah, him or you're McKay pulling out Pug Colson, like a 20-year-old. Or they gave him all that money, hey? Exactly. So I actually am okay with it. It definitely gives them a need. And Mantha can score 20. So can I don't think Besser is gonna score forty like I thought he would when he first came in the league. Like he'll he'll be maybe a thirty goal scorer, but I don't think and he's hurt so much. So is Mantha. So why not? <laughs> You're just swapping fucking hospital beds. It's not like it matters too much. Um, yeah, they could use the they could use the righty. That's for sure. But that so too. could fucking Vancouver. Uh, but I I don't. Swab really not bad I guess it's not, not bad. I don't know I like the upside of what Besser could Definitely. still kind of become you know no, like, I he's can not understand that super old yet but, but like, the report to that point where the report did come out on Besser that they will probably lose the trade like yeah. they're they're prepared to lose this trade to let him go so based on that knowledge I don't think getting a Mantha would be that bad at all. I think that's a pretty decent... You could even trade Mantha next year's trade deadline if it doesn't work out for a first-round pick, apparently. So, um... (laughs) We'll see what goes on there. Uh, I got one more. This one is more of a future trade. This is at the deadline. Um, because I would hope for injuries, an injury to happen. It's Colorado. It'll probably happen. Where they can fit cap under uh, two million. If not, if you have to throw in someone, I'll throw in. I have them getting Bo Horvat, fifty percent retained, um, and I think they'll give up Sampo Ranta, Martin Kaut, a twenty twenty three first. Um, I think they'll go all out, try and get the best center available, go for the second cup. They really aren't going to miss out on twenty twenty three draft because they are, frankly, the best team in the NHL still, with the core they got so um yeah just have colorado going all out on both 
I like it. I think that Colorado needs that center depth, and why not go for the best of the bunch? Exactly. It is a rental, which sucks, but maybe you keep him. Maybe he fits, and he can be your Kadri replacement, because, like, they are really missing that gaping hole at second line. Like, we knew they would a fair bit, but, um, yeah, just a simple trade at the deadline. Um, my final trade, and unless Chase, you have anything to say, or you... No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, uh, final trade here, we got Edmonton getting that D-man I'm talking about. Uh, I have them getting Cam Fowler. Uh, I've heard rumors that Cam Fowler is not necessarily happy in Anaheim anymore. He wants to have a chance to win. He's 31. He's got four years left at $6.5 million. He's a very, very talented skating defenseman. And I, we talked about him last year. I remember Chase, Jordan, and I all had a really good conversation about how underrated he's been throughout his whole career and how good he can be in an actual team when Anaheim was actually performing well. Um, so I, anyways, the trade, I should actually tell you the trade first. I have them trading Cam Fowler uh, to the Edmonton Oilers for Tyson Berry, uh, Jesse Pugliarvi, Raphael Leal, Laval, sorry, um, and a 2023 first. Raphael Laval. Laval, yeah. I would be willing to, uh, Tyson Berry, Jesse Pugliarvi, Raphael Lebao, and 2023 first. Oh my. It's a decent chunk. Here's my thought. Berry need for cap, um, so he has to go. And frankly, you probably have to give up a something for Barry just to give up that cap, like you're saying, Chase. Pugliarvi has been horrible, and it's time. He needs to go. I don't care what the trade is. He needs to go. Um, for his sake, for Edmonton, for everyone's sake involved, he is needs to never wear an Edmonton jersey again. Um, for his career, like I want him to... And in Anaheim, he can actually play. He might be able to actually get game time playing with some good guys in a new system, new place, less pressure. Maybe it'll work. And then, obviously, Laval hasn't worked out great, but he's a big body, 22-year-old. Still can make it. And a first for a deep draft. Yeah, hey. Oh, man. That'd be pretty sweet. It'd be uh, sweet for... Yeah. I think, And I don't think Anaheim would be too upset about it. Like... What I like Anaheim for Pulley Like that's yeah. like I remember thinking about a trade with like Max Jones and yeah. Max Comtois or something like that uh, for Pulley Just try to get a couple depth guys that might be able to fill the lineup more. Uh, yeah. Go that road, but I don't mind using him and Barry. Like like you're almost no value, which I can understand yeah. why you're putting in Lebois. Uh, you said a first. Yeah, first? 2023 first. Yeah. And it's a four-year yeah, deal. Like you're locking, like a, you're locking down yeah. though a top four D-man that you desperately need. Yeah, and he's got four years left, so really only three after yep, this year. Three years. Sorry. So like that's not too bad. At and he's all. thirty-one, uh, so he'll be done when he's thirty-four, thirty-five. He's a veteran. Like it, it replaces Duncan Keith, is where a little bit where he's a smooth skating yeah, D-man who's a veteran. 
and he knows what he's doing out there. The only yeah, and that con sorry, that contract matches up quite well with like the Oilers. Like mm -hmm. that's when McDee's done. That's when Brett Kulak's done. So you can have your Nurse Kulak, uh, Fowler as your big yep. left left-handed side and roll that for the next this year Four, and three, three years. years after. So yeah, man. Um, yeah, I just wonder if it, that money gets. Yeah, I guess it shouldn't get in the way because you got. You're shedding that Barry. Shedding that Barry, who's three That's years kind of. Yeah, it, the the tough thing with the team is getting that extra one or two guys on that forward group to really fill her out to make you For feel sure. great. But I don't know. Do you need to do it with these two absolutely insane players, right? Like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like it's well, you could even throw in like I mean I don't see why Anaheim wouldn't throw in some depth guy for. Edmonton. Like, I'm sure there's someone they could find to be thrown into the trade with it. So, oh, no, I like uh, I like Cam Fowler. That's, that's a Kenny Holland type of demon right yeah. there. hundred like percent it is. And it just it, it all aligns where if Edmonton's going to go up for a demon, you don't want to give up all of your shekels, all of your coin, then all of mm -hmm. your capital, then. Go go oh, he'd play great down. with Bouchard. I yeah. thought he would be great with Bouchard. That could be your second line, right? Like that yeah. just solidifies it even more. Um Yeah, that's my three mock trades I got for us. Um Chase, did you find anything yeah. or do you want to move on? Uh I can do a quick one. Just quick one nothing sure. really too special. Um it's just the thought of Jonathan Taze giving you the Taze to Winnipeg, going home. Uh, pretty simple deal. You retain them half, 50%, obviously. Uh, it's the only way anybody's going to make that work. Uh, but, yeah, I just get uh, Chicago. All they get back is this Dmitry Rashevsky. He's actually pretty fucking dope. Lights it up in the pretty decently in the KHL from what I oh, remember nice. looking at the other day. Uh, I'll check his stats again. But he was a fifth-round pick. Um so kind of one of those guys you don't know if he's going to come over and play or what the hell's going on there in the KHL. Probably has a contract for a while. Uh, but right-handed forward, 6-1. Got 26 points in 40 games so far this year, and he had 35 points in 48 games last year. Uh, but yeah, that's not all they get. They get a second-round pick in 2025 and a fourth-round pick in 2024. So Chicago waits for it. But they do get a pretty fucking sweet package back for a 50% Jonathan Hayes. So, yeah, a 2025 second-round pick, which is like Third three days. drafts from now. A fourth-round pick, and then basically some guy that might play in the NHL one day if he chooses to, or a Kuzmenko-Kaprasov type of dude that may be something. Um good offensive player from what I understand is what he could be so um, it feels like it'd be a little bit too much but I'm trying to give Taze technically has some worth you would assume not that Winnipeg would definitely pay for this but maybe Winnipeg would have to put this out there because other teams would be okay with paying something right. like this for the cup run so yeah, I'm uh, I'm definitely Winnipeg's cool best chance is probably just to wait till the off season and sign him. For sure. But 
I don't think it's a, especially the way the year is going. Like, why not try to? It's a late pick. Work, it's a late pick, anyways. I don't hate it by any means. Um, it's a little. It's not weird or anything. It's just buying tapes. Where, I, I'm where weird. would he play in the lineup? Is all I yeah. ask. When I when like, I actually put him it, on this team, isn't Lowry their third line center? Because that's where I'm looking. I'm looking at Taves as my third line center. I'm going to yeah, like he'd be playing run. third or fourth line center. Yeah, maybe. I don't yeah, know. Maybe that's fourth. what's up. Maybe. maybe he plays wing with with Lowry or Lowry know. can be, play wing. Like he does play wing. So maybe you do that, but I don't know. It's definitely interesting, and I like the going home aspect for sure. You're not giving up too much for him. It's just, it's like you said, why now? But again, why not now? <laughs> You're actually good for the season, so maybe you do go, go for it because all the stars are aligning this year. Yeah, exactly, and like it's also the give and take sort of aspect I look at as well is how how interested is he in playing in Winnipeg and coming sure. back home in, in general, right? Like yeah, if he doesn't get right. traded to this team. Like this could make a guy feel a lot more sure about sticking around. Um, so I don't know. I, sometimes it's kind of dumb to think like that, but I've seen it work in some scenarios where you just right. bring a guy in and say like, we do want you around. Like, yeah. like a Turi Lekkinen was a, great addition like it seemed yeah. like it was just paying for like some guy at the deadline that everybody wanted it's like they yeah but they like actually him. wanted him yeah they just exactly you know so nope. um yeah can maybe you, you can just wipe the slate clean and everybody can just fuck off and you get pays um and it's maybe not too expensive like i wonder if you even have to give up that fourth round pick because you're giving up a basically a third fourth round pickish in value possibly or it could be a second round pick in Rashevsky so like you don't really know what you're getting there but who's better to have that type of guy in Chicago right so absolutely um, yeah that's yeah. all that's all we got fair enough for. yeah no I, I definitely it's it's an intriguing one we'll see it closer to the deadline where when if Winnipeg is still in the same spot then I don't see why not um, when I was looking at this, um, just to bring up Seth Jones again, because I do really like them trading Seth Jones. I don't know why, but I'm starting to get fascinated on him getting traded next year. Um, but yeah, him to Winnipeg would be, be pretty crazy. interesting, man. Like, they have some cap space right now. Um, yeah, and they have the big contract in Nate Schmidt, and I, I love talking about how he's not right-handed, and it would be so cool if he was right-handed for this team. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, sure. he's not. Um, nothing against him. Plays good, good guy, but not right. Yeah, I just think there might be an opportunity or a, a a window for them to maybe even to actually go that direction. For sure. Uh, yeah, which it's could be healthy. something that would really bonify or however you want to say, really settle the defense down, especially with Morrissey playing so well. Right. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I'd agree with that. Like, that's another good team to throw in for for Seth Jones to potentially go to. It's a big splash. Somebody's going to be making a big splash soon here. At like, some point sure. here. At some point. In the next year, somebody's going to fucking hit some, gonna be some big trades. Yeah, Even a deadline. I'm so excited. Be fairly, so excited. Slightly blockbustery in a sense, with some trades. Should be. That would be epic. Now... 
I got uh, one final segment for us to end on. Um, we'll do the World Juniors and stuff next again. Um, I'll find a way to list it better and when we know more. I mean, we have the team officially, but I don't. We're running out of time, so I want to do a small little segment with you boys. Um, we're gonna go back and do an older segment that we've done, sort of, where you two are going to try and figure out all the Maurice Rocker Shard Trophy winners in under three minutes. Um, it goes from 2022 down to 1999. So, well, let me just pull this up online. Without pulling it up online, <laughs> <laughs> let's see how well you can do. And because I want you guys to... Actually, no, we won't do it. I, I was going to say you guys get three strikes in a row this time. Oh, but because there's because there's a time limit, I'm scared you guys will lose by like 2019. So yeah, oh no, that that We'll just do the time limit. Just don't be like sitting spewing names. Try and be very. I'm already confident in your answer. But anyways, I will give you guys a five second countdown, and I will start the timer, and we'll start with 2022. Five, four, three, two, one, go. Twenty twenty two. Like last year? Yeah. Last year was Yeah, well, last Matthew P two. Yeah. Matthew T two. Twenty twenty one. God Not Ovi. Not Ovi. Again? It was Matthews again. Yeah, it was. It Good was. Shit. I was a little unsure if it was actually him again. Okay. 2020. We'll rotate answers. How about that? We'll see who can do better from this point. Uh, oh, man. Uh, 2020, hey? Yeah, Chase, go for it. Yeah, Ooh. I can't remember. I can't remember. I'm just going to assume it's Ovi. Ovi, yep. There you go. Uh, twenty ninth, or sorry, twenty twenty, or sorry, it was a joint with passing twenty nineteen. Jordan. Uh, oh yeah, that's Jordan. Yeah. No, or yeah, it was. Sorry, it was Obi. Uh, twenty eighteen. the safe bet. He is the safe bet for a couple of years. Uh, twenty eighteen, Jace. Who could, scored lots? I couldn't even. I don't even know who would be at, out, outside of Matthews and him. I feel like I can't even think of anybody other than like Stammer or something like that. Is that There's your no way it was Stammer that year. Are you gonna go Stammer? Uh, yeah, I'll go Stammer just because I don't think not it Stammer. Was OB. Jordan. I think it's probably just gonna be Ovechkin again. It's Ovechkin again. <laughs> yeah, it was unreal. Twenty seventeen. Who else does my shit? Twenty seventeen. Fucking Ovi. Let's keep guessing Ovi. It's not <laughs> Ovi. It's not Ovi this time. It's not Ovi in 2017. Is it Stammer? Not Stammer. Okay. I'll give you a hint. This is a shocking sure. one because he's not a goal scorer, not because of the player. That's your hint. 
The player's not surprising. It's just because he's not a goal scorer why he's not on this list a lot. Yeah, I have fucking no idea, man. Um, you make a joke about Jordan's hat a lot. I think I have a guess. Go for it, Jordan. I think it's it's Mr. Crosby. It is it? Mr. Sidney Crosby. Yeah, um, the Pittsburgh took me there. It is. Uh, 2016. Got thirty seconds. I feel like it. Oh, I feel like Stammer won in one of these years, but it might have been way earlier than that. Uh, I'll give you a hint. But... It's on repeat for a little bit. So Vetchkin again. So Vetchkin, twenty fifteen. Jesus. Oh, it's Ovechkin, twenty fourteen. <laughs> Alright, here, I'll like, skip 2012. <laughs> this is an Obi. Okay, that's <laughs> Here, how about this? I'm gonna stop the timer and I'm we're I'm gonna let you guys guess. We're gonna get go down to two thousand and six. So that's four or sorry. Yeah, two thousand seven. That's five new names. They're not Ovechkin. That's the only thing I'll say. So, 2012. I'll start with you, Chase. Who do you think it could be? No idea. Fucking... Jordan, do you have a guess? Just because we've been saying it, I think it's. I think this has to be Stamkos. It is Stamkos. 2011 okay. is a brand new name. Canadian winger. Jamie Benn. No, close. Well, sort of close. <laughs> same profile of the player. Like, they play similar. Just the opposite wing. And opposite color. Division. I'll give you a hint. They won the cup in 2007. His team. What, like Corey Perry or something? It was Corey Perry. There we go. Oh, <laughs> um... Oh, like a shot in the dark. Yeah, twenty ten. <laughs> you got three more names. Jonathan Chichu. Come on. Nope. Nope. Damn. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> he has won it. I'll tell you dude, that. Uh, dude, the other fucking uh, game I played, I was wearing a Jonathan Chichu fucking jersey. It was wonderful. <laughs> That's amazing. I'll give you a hint. He's been picked already. Was that a recent pick? Crosby. Yeah, there we go. Crosby. Sid the kids. It's 2-1. Chase. We got two more names. 2010. It is a name we've said before, I will say. Didn't we just do 2010? That was Crosby. Sorry. Oh, sorry. That's the same year they tied in goals. That's why. I hate this list. Uh, 2007, then. That's my bad. Yeah, this is a bit old school. I'll say his team won the uh, cup in 2004 with him on it. They won it again. I was going to say Joe Thornton, but Joe Thornton hasn't won a cup, so it can't be Jumbo. No, his team has recently won the cup without him on it. Um, He's a center. Is it an eater? Nope. 
2004 Stanley Cup champion. Oh, man. I was leaning towards, like, the Devils, but I don't know if that was the Devils. Like, like Ilya Not, it wasn't Kuka the Devils. I'll, t- I'll tell you that. The team is blue, and they've won a cup. Also, that team has also won a cup in the past. Oh, eight. Yeah, right, there you go. Right, like Vinny LeCavalier. There we go, good. Vinny. Yeah, I was going to say Marty St. Louis, but Vinny LeCavalier is probably the right Yeah, Vinny LeCavalier. And then finally, 2006, for fun, I will give you a hint. You guys have said his name, but he's not been on this list quite yet. <laughs> One of you said his name. Is that Chichu? <laughs> it is Jonathan Chichu, buddy. 56 <laughs> goals. Uh, Chase brought him up. Yeah, man. there we go. Uh, so, as we can concoct from this, Ovechkin wins a lot. <laughs> oh man, that guy's good at scoring. Whoever uh, thought it? Yeah, it's it's so much Ovi, so much Ovi in this list. Just fifty percent Ovi the last like twenty years. Yeah, his whole career. There is very few repeating ones. There's in two thousand four we had three. It was again Kovalchuk and Nash. They tied. And we had Aginla, oh, sorry, ah. Hayduke, Aginla, Bure, Bure, Solani. Wow. And then it stops wow. at 99. So that oh, is the mark for sure. Um, love being on a podcast where none of my co hosts are historians, but that's okay. Oh, we shall God, improve next all. time. Yeah, like, <laughs> all do I think about fucking remembering what year people did shit and all this crap? Yeah. Um, that's super funny. Not my alley. <laughs> I can clearly tell I'm gonna have to make it pre K level next time, but thanks for listening. Go follow us on our social medias on the couch at ice, and we'll catch you guys next time.